0: Fluid resuscitation. The primary role of fluid resuscitation is to maintain organ perfusion, hemodynamics, and substrate, oxygen electrolytes, and among others, delivery through the administration of fluid and electrolytes. An enteral route can be used. However, when the oral intake is not possible, clinicians can replace fluid losses by intravenous IV administration. Anatomy and physiology. Bodily fluids are distributed into intracellular and extracellular compartments. Intracellular compartment contributes to the body the total body water. Extracellular fluids are within the, within the interstitial, intravascular, and transcellular spaces. Predominant electrolytes in the bodily fluids are sodium and potassium, where sodium is the dominant cation in the extracellular fluid, and potassium is the dominant cation in the intracellular fluid. Sodium and magnesium are other minor cations in the intracellular fluids and are electrochemically balanced by phosphate, sulfate, and bicarbonate anions. Calcium and magnesium are the other cations found in minor concentrations in the extracellular fluid, and they are balanced by chloride, bicarbonate, phosphate, and sulfate anions. Indications Trauma Trauma is the number one cause of death in the United States for individuals between 1 and 44 years of age. Among them, hemorrhagic shock is the primary cause of death by 30% thirty to 40% in the first 24 hours following injury. Loss of blood triggers a compensatory hemodynamic response to restore volume. The compensatory mechanisms kick in when there is acute blood loss of more than 5 to 10%. Blood losses of greater than 20%, 20% will require fluid resuscitation to support the continued delivery of oxygen to vital organs. Trauma and acute blood loss trigger compensatory mechanisms aimed at restoring volume deficits to maintain adequate perfusion of vital organs. Transcapillary refill occurs first and involves the shift of fluid from the interstitial space into the intravascular space secondary to increase capillary permeability and decrease plasma colloid osmotic pressure. The the resultant effect is the sequestration of about one liter of fluid into the intravascular spaces. Activation of the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system occurs next, activated by the reduction in renal perfusion and causing sodium and water retention in the kidneys. The overall goal is to replace the fluid loss from the interstitial compartment to the intravascular spaces, but one must exercise caution because an aggressive large amount of volume fluid resuscitation may lead to hypothermia, acidosis, and coagulopathy. Typical indications for resuscitations are, are systolic blood pressure of equal to a less than 80 to 85 millimeters of mercury or one that is rapidly decreasing or a decline in mental status without evidence of head trauma. Two major types of fluid for resuscitation are colloids, which specifically expand the intravascular volume, and crystalloids, which briefly expand the intravascular volume and quickly redistribute into the interstitial compartment. However, recent studies using colloids favor permissive hypotension. For example, in patients with penetrating trauma, aggressive fluid resuscitation may exacerbate bleeding, so the emphasis is on administering small bolus of fluid, 250 milliliters, allowing a low systolic blood pressure equal to 90 millimeters of mercury or mean pressure equal to or greater than 50 millimeters of mercury until one achieves sustained hemorrhagic control. The strategy has been shown to improve survival and reduce the amount of fluid replaced. It is important to remember that only say, it, is, it is only safe to allow blood, low blood pressures when there is good clinical evidence of adequate organ perfusion indicated through adequate urine output and mental status. Crystalloid should ideally serve as a bridge to maintain perfusion until blood products are available in hemorrhagic shock. Hence, one should consider limited 500 milliliter boluses in patients without or impending shock until blood products become available. Sepsis. Sepsis is a leading cause of morbidity and mortality in critically ill patients, with mortality ranging between 20 to 45%. Uncontrolled inflammation, tissue hypoperfusion, microvascular and microcellular level uh, abnormalities and dysfunction are critical determinants in the progression towards multiple organ failure, which predict poor outcomes. Septic shock is defined as a refractory hypotension that results from systemic inflammatory response syndrome caused by or suspected to be from an infection. The key characteristic of septic shock is systemic vasodilation which results in hypovolemia, decreased tissue perfusion, and decreased oxygen delivery. The main aim of fluid resuscitation is to restore hemodynamics to optimize tissue perfusion and ultimately the tissue oxygen delivery. For resuscitation, one should give crystalloids at a dose of 30 milliliters per kilogram of ideal body weight as soon as as early as possible, typically within the first three hours. Contraindications. 0.9% saline should be used with caution in patients with subarachnoid hemorrhage or postoperative acute kidney injury as these conditions can themselves cause alterations in serum sodium concentration. Uh, Colloids such as Hydrodexyl starch should be avoided in septic shock because their adverse effects on coagulation and renal function. Complications. Large amounts of intravenous fluids can cause hypervolemia and potentially electrolyte imbalance. In septic shock, overzealous use of intravenous fluids for a prolonged period of time can cumulatively increase the total body water, especially in patients with compromised renal, cardiac, or hepatic function. This excess free water often accumulates in the extravascular. Uh, lung, pulmonary edema, and subcutaneous tissues, pedal and sacral edema, and poses problems during recovery. For example, failure to wean from the ventilator and muscle weakness, both of which will cause prolongation of hospital stay and increase the associated risk of nosocomial complications. A 0.9% saline causes hyperkalemic acidosis following excess use and is associated with nephrotoxicity.